You've drawn some centaurs. Have I? Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen your notebooks with your fan fiction. There's little hearts. Little hearts here with a picture of a centaur in it and like my name with a centaur's last name. <laughs> no, wait. I think you mean your name with a horse's last name. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 228 of Video Games Hot Dog, the first podcast of 2016. Oh, I thought you were going to say the first podcast ever recorded about video games. No, it's just the first episode of the first podcast to have come out in 2016. We're like the New Year's baby of it, podcasts. It's actually going to be the second. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot. Right, I didn't, uh, didn't mean to ruin it. Earlier we recorded, evening. well, I'll publish that later, and that's not really a podcast. That's technically a radio show wow it's noisy for a lot of reasons um yeah it's raining it's raining on my right and on my left people are playtesting firewatch yeah astute yeah. listeners will have the ending of firewatch spoiled for them <laughs> by the background noise uh, yep. of this podcast now, i can just imagine the people that are gonna like break out the like audio analyzers and like pump up the volume oh, and the man. jams let's hide pictures of our dicks in the spectrogram oh good yeah <laughs> You already have a bunch of pictures of our dicks, right, Kevin? <laughs> you guys text them to me all the time, so yes. Anyway, uh, we recorded an episode a few weeks ago, and then I just didn't publish it because I'm a lazy asshole. Is that the reason? Yeah. You know, the holidays. The holidays get busy with work. The holidays get busy with travel. I also decided to move to a new house over the holidays because the holidays weren't, weren't stressful enough. Did not require enough time commitment. And yet you're maintaining all of your old addresses at the moment. That's true. I have a lot of old addresses. Yeah. Just to set up an elaborate chain of forwarding to see if I can break the USPS oh, database. Huh. I wonder if you forward a forward, does it does it work? Like, if you move within the window that you're still forwarding from one place. One would hope that their database would just replace the Pop. initial forward with the new forward, but then maybe set up another forward for... Right. I feel like there's probably some asshole who's tested this, tested the ex extreme extremes you can go to and the, and mm. have the letter still be delivered. Like, and like written in, a blog post about yeah, it. Yeah, or yeah. like like one of those random like on one of those XKCD graphs that like sh shows the number of Google results for like the the n number n shits in a row or something. N shits in a row. <laughs> I can't think of an actual example. Does it have to be a, on the same day? What, or so, uh, <laughs> wait, so your proposal for this XKCD strip is just a, as a is a graph of the number of Google results for one shits in a row, two shits in a row, three shits in a row, four shits in a row. Okay, I mean that does seem pretty funny to me. Yeah, I'm laughing. What would the what would the alt text be? <laughs> Shit. Okay. Or mm. it might be just be the number of like the next shit that he didn't they had to leave off the graph because there wasn't room. Okay, you don't think it would be an infinitely scrolling uh, graph? I mean, it, eventually can, it's just a bunch of zeros. Can the pop <laughs> or do any browsers support popover text that that is big enough that you need to scroll it? Oh, I thought you meant the, 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 I, I, I was talking about the. the <laughs> the, the graph would extend infinitely, right? Like, oh, yeah. because you could just hook it up to the Google API and have it just do real time searches for the number of shits. Yeah, in a row. yeah. And, and see, then it becomes like a... kind of a fun game because people will just start making a web page that's like 
9,422 shits oh, in a row. Like the prime number yeah. shitting bear. Right. <laughs> oh, that guy's great. Back when you could have a web page as your um, desktop, your Windows desktop, I had that as my Windows desktop. Oh, wasn't that a really good way to crash your computer? <laughs> well, it, it, the, the, at, at first, at least, the prime number um, generator was not very well optimized. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was like a two or three second uh, computation period between shits. <laughs> um, but then, like, pretty quickly, I think they got some complaints and uh, from, pe- from people running it into the background. I don't think anybody was ex- anybody else was extreme enough to put it on their desktop. Um, but they, they improved the algorithm because that stuff is pretty well studied. They don't just use the sieve of Eratosthenes. I think they've come up with better ways to calculate prime numbers than that, even. You saw me using the sieve of Eratosthenes, and you said, what are you doing? I did. Not because you didn't understand it, but because I fucked it all up and wasn't doing it right. <laughs> so you're like, what are you, are you using some fucked up wrong version of the sieve of Eratosthenes? So, I don't even know who Eratosthenes is. The or sieve if Eratosthenes of Clarence. Is even the, yeah, the sieve of Eratosthenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not not the knees. Yeah. So anyway, the sieve of Chad. Chad, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while. Not sure if you can tell, listeners, that it's been a while since we did a podcast. <clears throat> given our skills, how are your holidays, Kevin? Good. I uh, I had both a Christmas and a New Year's. Oh yeah. And they were great. I was with you for both of those. It was it was a lot of fun. Both of them in different ways. Christmas was really low-key. New Year's was just a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. We played a bunch of uh, board games and card games. Yeah, we played and- a tremendous amount of code names. Yeah. Which is a card game. It is it is a game by Vlada Chivatil, the guy yeah. who made like Space mm-hmm. or Galaxy Trucker yeah, and Dungeon Knight. Lords and yeah, a bunch of just crazy complicated Euro. He also games. did Toshkalar, I think. Right? Toshkalar, the game, the worst game. They're they're all super different, and they're all super complicated, uh, except code names. Which somehow this guy was like, "What if I tried to make a populist party game?" And he did. Like, no one doesn't like this game. We have never played this with anyone who didn't love it. Sure, that's true. But we also hang out with people that like talking and words. We do. That's true. We do. We don't necessarily always hang out with people who like playing board games, though. And that that is a thing that I think is really remarkable about this is that it is it is both a very good game and also a game that is very very accessible and like like it is slightly difficult to explain, even though it is not hard to describe, but. This is this is what I think is the most important thing about it. You can learn to play it by playing it. Mm. Yes. Only one person really needs to know how the only one person per, per team, team needs to know how the game works in order for you to start playing. Yes. Basically there is a grid. The game consists of a grid of 25 words and they're just words on cards, like simple English words. And Five of those were, or, you know, eight of those words are secretly blue team words, and seven of those words are secretly red team words, and one of those words is an assassin. And there are two and people who know yeah. which words belong to which team. And they both know all of that information. You know which ones are your team, you know which ones are the other guy's team, as the spy, as the spy master. That's which the is person that needs to know how the game works. And then your team. move 
on a given turn is to say to the rest of your team a single word and a number to get them to guess as many of your team's words as they can, but not guess the other team's words and especially not guess the assassin. So like we had one where among the eight words that were my team's words, there was like staff day and poll. And so I said flag three and that was all I was allowed to say. And then my team deliberated which three words does he mean that he's associating with the word flag. And I think and they got pole right away. They got and pole then they right away. Word. The war was the one that yeah. they second the guest. Yeah. So that there were like, you just have to watch out for false positives. You especially have to watch out for false positives that like harm you. The assassin in particular, but other teams words are bad as well. But yeah, the move is the spy master says a word and a number. And then the team argues about what, what, what words on the board is he trying to tell us about, or is she trying to tell us about by using that word and that number? Yeah. And it's, it's fun for both sides. If listeners who are unfamiliar are anything like me before, this is really confusing to try to have described yep. to you, but it is actually really, really simple to play. And it's super fun. And it's called Code Names, and it's by Vlada Chvatil. Ah, man, it's so good. You know what we also played, uh, which we had not, I had not played in a really long time, was Celebrity. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, have you ever played that riff? Yeah, once or twice. Are you familiar with it, Jim? Is that the one where everybody touches their ear and then jumps on the person who didn't touch their ear? Uh, no, that's, that's uh, uh, get down, Mr. President. Get down, Mr. President, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the way celebrity works is you, every everybody who's playing writes down the names of three celebrities or fictional characters or what usually is people. Uh, and then all those things go into a bowl. And then there's one round, and this is like a thing where we kind of just made up the rules. I think it varies from group to group. There's one round where you pick up a piece of paper and then you just describe the person and try to get the group to guess who the celebrity is. And that round is pretty easy. And you just try to get through as many as you can within a minute. Within a a fixed amount of time or whatever. It's not really scored. It's not really competitive. It's more just like a fun charades kind of thing. And then the second round, you have the same set of celebrities, but you're only allowed to say one word to get the group to guess. And then the third round, you can't say any words at all. You just have to, like, mime or charades right. it. And it sort of, and so, each round kind of builds off the previous round because right. key, when you're trying to explain a a person in the first round, usually there will be a moment that was particularly funny or notable or whatever. Yeah. And, that gives and so you the, a your one word in the second yeah. round will be the joke. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to remember... All the n times three possibilities that are in the space. And that's hard, especially as n gets larger. That's true. But even with like 10 or 15 people, there's not so many celebrities that you don't notice them. And And also, it's like the birthday problem. Multiple people are going to put the same celebrity. Yeah. And the other thing is that somebody put that name in there. So somebody, there's at least knows. one person who knows unless you draw your own right. thing. Yeah. 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 I threw in Samuel Taylor Coleridge and that fucked everybody up. because <laughs> nobody knows who Samuel Taylor Coleridge is. They said to put in a celebrity. He was a celebrity. He had that wallet that is, had is that like motherfucker how, on it. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that like how when once you're president, they always have to call you president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you're ever famous, you're always a celebrity. Okay. I, you know, I put that in. I knew from uh, Sean Vanneman's GDC speech that he knew who Samuel Taylor Coleridge was, and I know my girlfriend knows who Samuel Taylor Coleridge is. 
Samuel Taylor Coleridge is awesome. He wrote The Rime of the Ancient Mariner. I was just reading a book that had a random reference to The Rime of the Ancient Mariner. It was that that Western book, Warlock, that Nevin Murgan mm. uh, recommended on Twitter. It talks about somebody with a uh, somebody with a glittering eye talking to him at a wedding. Is it R-H-Y-M-E or R-I-M-E? It's R-I-M-E. He okay. figures so pretty heavily in the first uh, Dirk Gently book, too. Yeah, that's hmm. true. Which is a lot of what makes that book very, very good. There are a bunch of books... For whatever reason, the whole story of Samuel Taylor Coleridge writing Kublai Khan in a sort of laudanum fugue mm-hmm. and being interrupted by the traveler from Porlock. So many books have like supposed like, that one of their characters that, was yeah, that traveler. Yeah. yeah or like, a, they were like, oh, the main character turns out to be the traveler from Porlock. There's a issue of Hellblazer where it turned out to be John Constantine. Uh, that figures into the Anubis Gates by Tim Powers, which is a super, super good time travel book by Tim Powers. Oh God, it's good. I want to read it again, but I just read it last year. That'd be dumb to read it again, right? Depends I should read something I haven't read. How time travel it is. Mm-hmm. I could just, I could just slip into a little hole in the ice and go back up the river. That's the metaphor that they use. I see. Anyway, they go see, uh. The, the, this is explained in the first, I don't know, 30 pages or whatever, but the premise of the book is somebody discovers time travel and then uses it to sell very expensive tickets to a Samuel Taylor Coleridge lecture mm. to people in the 80s. <laughs> um, so That's the like primary use for time travel. Yeah, so, I mean, the guy just wants to make a bunch of money, right? But I mean, there's like, obviously I can't there's think of a better way. greater things afoot, but I would pay for that. Here, and they poison them. They, they're like, they make everybody swallow a cyanide capsule and they say, we will give you the, we will give you the antidote when you get back in the machine and come back here because we do not want anybody staying behind to like fuck up the timeline. Yeah, it was great. But somebody, somebody who's just suicidal could do that. (laughs) Go back and. Yeah, but you don't last very long unless you know how to, unless you know, you know, the main character sticks around because he knows a trick. How to, how to, um, Tongue, a pill. Yeah, you just don't cheek, swallow cheek it. Pill? Yeah, mm. you, tongue and cheek a pill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the origin of the phrase like "you're a real pill"? As as in somebody who is hilarious. <laughs> Does that work for any body part? Like holding something in your hair is like hairing a pill. Oh. Yeah, like you palm yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Budding a pill, sure. Yeah, clouding. I a guess pill. that's a suppository. Yeah. <laughs> I've really been eyeing like, that car. <laughs> huh. Gross. Oh, right. So you like walk into a car dealership and then you hide the car in your eye and just leave, make off with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You hide it in your mouth and make out with it. <laughs> oh, tonguing a car. <laughs> sure. There's all kinds of things you should be not tonguing. How are your holidays, Jim? Duh. Pretty good. Uh, you'll be pleased to know I had a positive interaction with a police officer. I am pleased to know that. There was a, a black person involved and nobody got shot. Was a police officer the black person involved? No. Okay. No, no, it was, it was very like professional and, and I mean, not helpful, but like there wasn't really much he could have done. Um, and then I went home and I. It's like jazz. It's the, it's the people you don't murder. Right. <laughs> that really define your day to day success as a police officer. Right. And then afterwards I went home and read on Twitter about all the police abuses that are happening to people who aren't me. 
So that just, you know, it's, it's all down the drain now. You're just so easily swayed by whatever the most recent experience was. Right. Even if it's, uh, even if it's something somebody made up. Did you, so here's the thing. Did you post to Twitter about the helpful, kind cop? No, because it wasn't interesting. Yeah. Right. There's the problem. But, but. It wouldn't sell copies of your How many listeners do we have for this podcast? Those people. Yeah. uh, Probably a bunch of people are going to hear about this. You go to Castro Valley, you meet the nice cops. Then we'll you get, get in a, a nasty auto accident. Reports with about an uninsured driver. Not that you're recommending to our listeners that they should get into a nasty. Well, if car they want to meet some nice Valley. cops, they sh- that's exactly what they should do. Is this like your new dating service? Uh, get into an accident, meet a nice cop. That sounds like a, a liability married, issue waiting to happen. Um, you don't want to be liable for all those kids, right? <laughs> all the. All the mar- all the marriages and then the divorces. Sure, they, oh, get, they get half of what the cop owns and what you own. Oh yeah, you could totally clean up. Like you go to Match dot com and you sue them for all the the divorces that they caused as a class action lawsuit. Right. It'd be some sort of weird Zeno's paradox of divorce property, though, because eventually people are just gonna get nothing. <laughs> They can't get all of your stuff, right? Uh, you've lost me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not suing the people that got divorced. <laughs> like, no, no, no. So, like, if he's responsible, like, let's let's say Jim started a dating site, and every every marriage that ended in divorce. But why is this suddenly about me? Well, because you're starting the dating. <laughs> yeah, you're site. the you're starting the site. Yeah. Uh, so Jim starts the dating site, and then somebody does a class action lawsuit against him to, and they then get half of his stuff. Each person gets half of his stuff, but it's like oh, okay. half and then half of half and then I half see. of half. Mm. All right. All right. But sorry. I mean, sorry. I had to go. Yeah. That's works. the class action suit is not. Yeah. Like, are you it, sure? If there's a class action suit against like Apple for $4 billion, I'm pretty sure that each person in the suit does not get $4 billion. Well, right. Because they don't have that much money by the time the class action. Oh, suit but I guess done. you always have half of your stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> definitionally. Yes. So it's just like, I guess like Aaron A. Abramson right. <laughs> gets the biggest half. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Bill Bixby, Zivu, Zivu God rest Zonson. his soul, gets the second cut. <laughs> God rest his soul. He'll be fine when the apocalypse happens. <laughs> That's that, true. Well, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> from beyond the grave. Benicio <sighs> Belgrande. He'll also be okay. <laughs> And, and Blythe Barker. <laughs> Blythe Barker. <laughs> Jim, have we told you this story? I don't think so. It's mm. so, you're also telling the listeners. So, the, well, I think we've told the listeners before, but we had proposed a post-apocalyptic scenario in which the only people who survive are people whose first and last names both start with B. Okay. So, like Bill Bixby, and uh, you know, it wasn't just an, the, the same initial. Barbara Bush. No, it's just B. Just B. Okay. Uh, but there were two two exceptions. Clive Barker got wind of it ahead of time and changed his name to Blythe Barker, so he uh, he was able to survive. And Benicio del Toro. Married a Nachos Belgrande from Taco Bell and took its name, thus becoming Benicio Belgrande, so that he could also survive. Okay, that's that's smart. Mm-hmm. And then uh, celebrities who the last the first oh, four right. letters of their last name are the first four right. letters of the name of a monster become that monster in this apocalypse. So Kim Basinger becomes a basilisk. Okay, and there were a few other examples of that that I don't remember. Did you write a program to come up with the name? 
<laughs> examples. No, I mean, it just be more like a regular expression than a program. I, it's it would be it would be generous to call that. A- <laughs> there are two. Co- there, you'd be matching two things at once. It'd be pretty tricky. Okay, I guess that's true. I mean. It, Sure. I mean, you could do it with a single SQL query, I yeah, guess. Yes, so, yes. Right, there would be like a, pivot tables involved. Right. Yeah. You'd have to do a left join right. of the left four oh my God, celebrity that, dot last name. Like I, I was doing web backend programming as recently as like 2012. And I'm so glad I've forgotten what a left join is. You don't have to say left join anymore. I think left join is just assumed Oh yeah, if you just select from more than one table, select at once. from table one, comma table two. Yeah, that's what I always did. Because that syntax was always kind of confusing. You don't have to roll your own join anymore. Mm. Mm. Nice, <laughs> Riff. How uh, were your holidays? Oh, it was pretty good, pretty low key. Um, you know, I had a had a real casual Christmas and and. Uh, posted a posted a tweet that is up to like 850 likes <laughs> yeah that was really nice oh, riff nice <laughs> good job which one was which one was it the, that, was... that that stupid uh elemental planes one. Oh yeah that was pretty good yeah, yeah that was pretty good viral tweet you're almost you're on your way to a thousand that's right that's that was my that was my uh 750 retweets of fame <laughs> wow where were, you, where you were flying back from somewhere on the East Coast? Yeah, I was flying flying back from uh, Baltimore, and uh, that that's actually a joke I've made that's before to Jenny. And if I had been on a de- different airline, it would have worked even better because I think it's I think it's Southwest that that has the the in flight emergencies card that makes that joke a little bit better, but. Does it, does it include another icon for it being cold outside the plane? No, it's instead of being uh, uh, fire and water and trees, it's like fire and water and a rock slide. Air. Oh, mm. rocks are good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, everybody go to twitter.com slash rifflesby to see Riff's cool tweet. Right. It'll be the one in the largest font. <laughs> Have you pinned it yet? No, uh, but I have I have had a couple of people comment to me that they've received it as retweets from multiple other people they follow that oh, don't nice. have anything to do with me. So, so it's going around, which is cool. It's your claim to fame, buddy. That's right. It's good. It was a good tweet. Yeah. Well, thank you. Those are your holidays. Hmm? I had mostly the same holidays as Kevin. But cool. We we did a little uh did a little retreat. Just a handful of people went up to a to a this really incredible house in Carmel that my girlfriend tracked down on Airbnb and we all went up and there were you know, a bunch of people, many of whom were strangers to begin with, but we all had a real fellow feeling and uh rang in the new year very drunkenly mm. and in a hot tub. Yeah. Everybody like bunch of strangers all ended up in one like basically like a three person 11 people in a three person hot oh. tub yep but not the next day there was no water left in the hot tub only piss it had all been champagne before so it's very expensive <laughs> it was it was good though it was good to it was good to get away yeah it was, it was good to be in a small scale thing where everything was very constrained. You know, I don't. Yeah, it sounds you, nice. How do you feel about New Year's, Jim? It, it's it's cool. You know, 
it, a digit a digit increases. I feel it, like in years past there was always pressure to like have a blowout party or go well, to, to a blowout to, party. You you had to have some kind of plans, right? Like it was sad if you didn't have anywhere to go. I have gone to sleep before New Year's a couple of years and didn't give a shit and it was fine. Yeah. And I've also gone to a bunch of parties and not had a good time. I have traveled to other cities and hung out with people and that's often a lot of fun. And this was all just like the best. This is the best New Year's I've had. Yeah, New this years. was definitely the best New Year's super that great. I can ever remember having. It was man. Like we watched the um the fireworks happen uh over on a webcam over um uh, the uh, ferry building in uh, San Francisco. Okay. And we didn't know this at the time because there's no like signifiers of what time it is, but like there was like two minutes of latency. Ah. So we ended up seeing the fireworks like at, at 12.02. Oh man, was this the first New Year's that Dick Clark wasn't alive for? Did he hmm. die that recently? I don't think, I think he died a while ago. Did he? Well, he might have died a long time ago and was just animated just like weekend by a necromancer. Yeah. Okay, he died in 2012. Weekend at Bernie. <laughs> so, okay. so no. Yeah. And also, there were a lot of New Year's before he was born. That was oh, the trick true. question aspect of it. Did they have wow. New Year's back then? Wow. Did you know that Dick Clark's real name is Richard Augustus Wagstaff Clark Jr.? No. Ah. Wagstaff. Wagstaff. And the nickname for Wagstaff is Dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. No, the, the, no, no. No. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> also, the fact that like he's got all of those names and it's a junior is good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, Richard Augustus Wagstaff Clark is my father. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, wow. That seems like the kind of thing I would have found out about before now. Well, how, how many times are you going to Google or Wikipedia look up? Well, not Wiki- every- yeah, this is just the little thing that Google puts up. But that's up. all usually pulled from Wikipedia. Is it pulled from Wikipedia? So it could be vandalism, I guess. Wagstaff. Wagstaff. Good. It's a good name. What? Mm. So if we'd had staff, dick, and ball as words in code name, I could have said teenager three. Quick, quick look up Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> see if see if there's been a spate of vandalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Richard Wayne Wagstaff Slitlick, quote, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke, is an American actor, comedian, writer. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've, I think we've undercover, undercovered? Cut. What is, what am I, what am I trying to say? Uncovered, not undercovered. Wow. That's just not even a turn of phrase. I saw Dick Van Dyke on television. Well, I saw something about Dick Van Dyke being on television the other day, like he went on a late show or something. And it was good to see he's still uh, kicking around and coherent and stuff. You never had a Christmas with Dick Van Dyke? I never had a Christmas with or, Dick Van Dyke. Or New Year's? No. Okay. The, he's 90. He's mm, nine he's alive. years old. Yeah. Yeah. The weirdest Wikipedia vandalism I saw was I had, I had, I had run into this like series of edits that someone made where this guy had edited like pages about Mario games and Sonic games and putt putt games, the humongous entertainment character. Um, hmm. 
and rotated like the protagonists of the games. <laughs> so the the star of Sonic the Hedgehog two was Putt Putt, and it was just one one of the most inane things that I'd ever seen. So I, I went and looked at this guy's edit history. Like, what else has this guy edited? And he had gone and changed the running times of like fifty movies oh by like two minutes. <laughs> Jesus, which like, you know, when, when I think about, when I try to like spot bullshit, when I try to spot, like this person is lying, part of that calculation is what does this person have to gain by lying? Right. And what this told me is that I just can't trust anything (laughs) like, because anyone could have like, yeah, I changed this just because no one would notice and just to feel just like just because i made a mark on the world just to make the world slightly worse yes you mean there's no such flavor of doritos as creamy cock yeah creamy (laughs) cock i just did a search for creamy cock just in case that was a real thing but no yeah it's it's within the realm of the possible but it wasn't the the first google result is somebody replying to a tweet that we made 10 years ago so (laughs) it's yeah so there's the two the two wikipedia vandalisms in my experience at one time i looked up edgar allen Poe on Wikipedia, and the entire article was the single sentence: "Edgar Allan Poe is a homosexual." <laughs> Not was, yeah. So that's how you is. know it's yeah, fake. yeah. That's and uh, and and then uh, just and this is the kind that I like. This is the more subtle one because this can last a while. Somebody had just edited "creamy cock" into list of <laughs> list of discontinued Doritos flavors. Wow. Um, that's really good. And it's discontinued, so you, you might never know. <laughs> so, uh, shiny, shiny empty head had written in a, a, a listener's mail and said that I just wanted to make sure you guys are aware that the Silent Hill wiki has been co-opted by an anti-circumcision activist. Fun. And I did see this a while back, and I think it was in something that you posted to Twitter, Jim, or something that was linked to it. Right? There's, there is some Silent Hill wiki where somebody just has a real chip on their shoulder about insisting that everyone who looks up anything about any Silent Hill game understand that circumcision is a barbaric practice and should be discontinued immediately. I I don't think that had anything to do with my Twitter, but that's fascinating. Yeah. Maybe I admit, you know, that seems like the kind of thing Cole Ross would have talked about too. So maybe I, sure, maybe that, I confused that, that the two. That sounds very much like a, like an abject suffering digression. <clears throat> There's a lot of like talk pages where it's like, I edited this out because this is a wiki about the video game Silent Hill and it doesn't have anything to do with circumcision. <laughs> and the guy just going on more and more screeds about how, like, well, if, you, uh, if you're if you not with me, you're against me. Right. So clearly you're a <laughs> dirty, rotten dick slicer. Right. Dirty, rotten dick wagstaff Augustus slicer. <laughs> Slitlick. Uh, you know, Edward Fugg wrote into listener's mail, we are a group of elite Russian hackers. Please don't contact us looking for free samples. We are available only via Jabber. There is no email to contact us. We are looking for long-term business. Thus, discounts are available for bulk perch. What What do you... Who would respond If you hear to that someone is a group of Russian hackers, would it occur to you to ask for a free sample? <laughs> like, could you give me a free sample of hacking? <laughs> what... Well, it's it's like in the Laura Schoberg cartoon, like yeah, when the guy asks the hitman for the free sample. <laughs> okay. Schick wrote, 
Hey, hot dogs. Happy New Year. So I find myself with more iTunes credit than I know what to do with. Any quick tips for must-have iOS games from the last year or so? I'm partial to puzzles, but we'll play anything. Uh, I want to point you to a blog post from 2014 that has been uh, pretty well maintained by our friend Mike Laserwalker, mm, who yeah, was yeah. at our New Year's Eve party. Uh, iOS games worth playing by uh, Mike Laserwalker. And that's, a, that's been updated. It has been updated. It was updated uh, yesterday, in fact. Uh, it is laserwalker.com, L-A-Z-E-R-W-A-L-K-E-R.com slash iOS-games-list, all lowercase. I can't quite see the year from from here, but I think that was updated a year ago. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Because it's 2016 now. It was updated a year ago, yesterday. Yep. Shit. <laughs> Rats. And that might have been the last time that I talked to him about how there were some games that he wasn't, he didn't have. Also, there's this. no way that that check is going to clear now. No, because <laughs> that's true. It, it was, it got, it got spread around the yeah, internet like crazy like yesterday, yesterday and yeah. the day before. He, yeah. he so was, okay. he was uh, yeah. definitely talking about it yesterday. So, uh, also, yeah, in fact, the change log has additions from January 5th of 2016. Okay. So that was, that, that's that probably is his just, mistake. Just like, a typo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the sequence. Is a great puzzle game that came out this past year. It's on here. Uh, Super Happy Fun Block. Is that on there? No. Alcazar, probably not this past year. Super Hexagon is free. It's not yeah. a puzzle game, but it's you should. Oh, that doesn't help you with your iTunes credit yeah. problem. You know, it's a pretty good game that came out this year. Is Gray Out by uh, yeah. Nevin yes. Mergen. If nope, you're nope. Uh, interested in music at all, the new Caravan Palace album is really, really good. Oh, I, I see. You could buy that iTunes on iTunes, yes. okay, right. with your iTunes credit. Right. But it is not a game. No. I am um, iTunes related. I discovered that band because they are the theme music for the "You Are Not So Smart." Oh, really? Podcast, nice. which is like, yeah, it's like this uh, guy who does podcasts about different ways that people are wrong about stuff, just about sort of cognitive biases. And uh, it's real interesting. It's called You Are Not So Smart. The guy's also written a couple books. Progress to 100. Touch Tone might be this past year. A Good Snowman is Hard to Build. Oh, Touch Tone was that weird, like, mirror waveform. Like, yep. you're bouncing waveforms around and splitting them. Yeah, that was yep. pretty good. Uh, Progress to 100 is really cute. Tetrabot and Company is one of the best puzzle games I've ever played. Should definitely get that. Did. The device six people do anything this year? Uh, SPLT. Oh yeah, and was Split. Sailor's oh, Dream this? Sailor's year? Sailor's Dream was I think this past was year. Yeah. Hmm. No, Lara Croft Go was this year. Oh, Lara oh, Croft yeah, Go, yeah. yeah, and Hit and Hitman Go. You should get both. Was of those. it? Was it also this year? Yeah, it wasn't, was but it, year, it's also good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't hurt to list things from less than a year. Like, yeah. man, this year just dissolved. <laughs> <laughs> just like snap. Like, finger snap and it's just like gone. Like cotton candy in a puddle. That's that's every year. <laughs> that's every year after you're like 35. So did did Fuck. you see Rift that that We're that die, uh, like right away? Yeah, that raccoon that actually got some. Yeah, it oh, really did. does. Oh good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just the excerpt from the beginning of the interaction. Uh, X rumor test says hello and bye. Okay, I Isaac says it. what is this? Uh, Fricker says, I was listening to episode 220 again, and you were ranting about Git. I thought, I could probably figure this out in two hours. I figured something out, I tell you what. I figured out, <laughs> fuck Git. <laughs> like, like you, by figure out, you mean learn Git? Like, that's not going to happen. Not in two hours. What was the, there was some series of, 
there was a, a thing that got retweeted a bunch that was like a couple of aliases that you could use so that you could say such commit very pull oh, wow yeah. and yeah. it would mostly do what you wanted get to do if you, if you typed exactly those things it would do what you yeah uh, Zombafu says, listening to you guys, especially Zach, talk about Fallout in the most recent episode made me realize why I disagree with him so much about the ranking of the 3D Fallouts, and also made me really sad that modern Bethesda has destroyed Fallout. Alternatively, huh. modern Bethesda has turned Fallout into a game that millions and millions yeah. of people enjoy, as opposed to one that a few hundreds, thousands if, if, of people enjoyed want, in the 90s. If you want old Fallouts, play Wasteland 2, and, and you'll be happy with that. The, I mean... It's, wow, really? It's sure. isn't that supposed to be what it's based on? Yeah. Like the the original? Sort of, except that I don't know. I I like I guess I guess you're right. I like I do think that Wasteland 2 is way way more playable than Fallout, but the things that like than the than the 2D Fallout games, but I think the things that made the 2D Fallout games good like I don't think that Wasteland 2 has very good characters or mm sort of story stuff that the atmosphere is fine and the gameplay is really fun to me but it's very you played uh, all the way through wasteland 2 yeah yeah the combat's much better i think than fallout and fallout 2 because mm. i did it did you play wasteland 1 no i mean i like i tried it's it that's that's from the like era of pc games where it's like the fidelity of the simulation really gets yeah, in the that, way well, of that, it being. That, that game fun. was also on the Apple Two, yeah. so which can follow gives Fallout you a sense of sequel what it, to Wasteland or the spiritual, 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 to Wasteland. spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. We one saw, of the things it added was characters. We saw okay. Tim Kaine give a talk about Fallout, and like it was like not even a post-apocalyptic game when he started oh, originally working. yeah like it was like oh, i was just gonna make like a fantasy rpg or whatever and then it's like oh maybe this is a game where you're like traveling through time with a bunch of teenagers like and it's and then eventually it's like oh we could, well, we'll get the we couldn't get the back license, to the future license so do that, so. and then we'll do a post-apocalyptic thing but oh, we lost the gurps license so we need to change the names of all the stats and <laughs> special was born and like did GURPS have a cool word, like acronym, like special? Or <laughs> well, GURPS. <laughs> was that the? <laughs> well, not, not I for feel stats, like I'm gonna just for the right, right. I'd rather find this on the GURPS Wikipedia article than the GURPS web page. Go for character it. Character points and attributes. It uh, characters have four basic attributes: strength, dexterity, intelligence, and health. So, sadis. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's pronounced gumption, sheed. Gumption, umbrage. Uh, radiation, <laughs> poison, <laughs> and savvy. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I think gumption and savvy have some, some overlap. It's similar. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's I mean, like intelligence and wisdom, you know? Yeah. Gumption is more what you do and savvy is more what you know. Yeah. And umbrage is like how brown your skin is. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been... A pen and paper role playing game where one of your stats is how easily offended you are. Like how? <laughs> oh wow! Like skin thickness. Oh yeah. Ah oh, man, and barks. Bar, so like a wizard can cast bark. Score? It can cast bark skin on you, and you're less likely to like fly off the handle. And so, <laughs> <sighs> pretty good. 
let's see. Mr. Fluff and Stuff says, My silly theory. World of Warcraft's real innovation wasn't its multiplayer, but its crafting and loot drops that kept you pulling the levers of its Skinner box. Fallout 4 just gets rid of multiplayer and keeps all the addicting stuff. Believable? I... It is arguable, I think, that World of Warcraft has a lot of Skinner box elements, but not... It... I, why why is crafting an important part of that? Yeah, craft I don't think crafting has anything to do with that. It's not like there's it's not like there were like critical successes in crafting that made it so like every 100 times you do this you get something awesome. Except when there were with the alchemy thing. Oh, with the alchemy discoveries. Yeah, but that I mean that was like a, a experiment that kind of failed. Yeah. I don't know that I don't know that I believe that there are any important design elements to either World of Warcraft or Fallout 4 that really count as Skinner boxes uh, in the in the things like derisive sense. Things like uh rare drops is probably what he's talking about. Yeah. But neither of those are really that much of a factor in in World of Warcraft or in Fallout 4. Like yeah, there are things that happen every every like really long amount of time. But those are also in Diablo. Like those weren't new. Well, Diablo is built around them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm just like, it, like he's saying that World of Warcraft's innovation or whatever was. was oh, yeah, like, yeah. I think the reason yep. that it's popular. I mean, I, EverQuest was a good idea and World of Warcraft made it accessible yeah. and, and polished like, it. Punchy it and, yeah. And if you want to look at it from the Diablo lineage, what Warcraft added was the ability to show off your gear in Iron Forge. <laughs> the ability to jump up onto a statue. Right. And yeah. do a dance. The abil- yeah, the ability to take off your clothes as a night elf female and do a sexy dance. Oh, right. On a mailbox. In your, in your tabard. On, on top of a statue. Ugh. I wonder what... I haven't logged into World of Warcraft in a long time, but it feels to me like there is not gonna be that kind of scene in the towns anymore without without oh, no, that's it, because a, because your contention is that online communities don't use their own well that's chat interfaces well anymore. is, is that's that a, part of it but is that a factor of like just server density or that people there's no reason to be in iron forge now i think the latter i think okay. that the gameplay has gotten streamlined enough that the worldy ele- like because that was well that was probably one of the coolest parts of World of Warcraft when I played it was like feel it it felt like the town square like mm-hmm. you would be in this place all this hustle and bustle and it's actual people doing things and they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're like the auction house they're hanging out waiting for party members yeah. there's no waiting for party members anymore yeah and each each been, individual expansion like? <laughs> tends to have its own hub city that is reasonably well crowded while that expansion is being actively played by people. Okay. It's, it's, it's just not like doing Iron that right anymore. Well, no, the I mean, last like cat- cataclysm, cataclysm kind of sent everybody back to the yeah, main cataclysm hub cities, set and, they, back, and then the next, the next one, and they didn't send really add to... one in Warlords of Draenor, right? Like the your hub city is your. Oh yeah, I guess place, that's true. Your, your garrison, is right? Your there was garrison. Yeah, there was a neutral. There was, no, there was a neutral yeah, there city. Is a, there is a neutral. Well, no, wait, was there? I think that Shattrath I, or whatever. No, I think that's there was a. There was a city that was that was like the the forward encampment of 
the Alliance and also the Horde, so it wasn't neutral. Oh, those are pretty small, though. They're not... Yeah, but that was like... where people tended to do their business, I mm. feel like. I guess the next expansion is just Dalaran again. Oh, is it? But it's like the same Dalaran from Wrath of the Lich King. Hmm. Because it moves around, right? Like, oh, that's yeah, that's the... true. I guess it hovers, so it can be wherever. Because <laughs> there was that... I mean, there was always the big dome. Even it was that was there in vanilla, right? There was the thing where oh, this so, is where yeah. a big city used to be, but there's this sphere of magic where they just teleported oh, yeah. the entire city somewhere else. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That you know, a decade later, they oh here it is. You can go to it now. It's just floating <laughs> in the it. sky. Yeah, yeah. I I always kind of wanted to visit Nomaragon. There's also oh, yeah, the yeah. Emerald Dream, which they've hinted at for ever and never oh yeah fleshed out that always sounded kind of boring <laughs> but yeah, yeah Druid land maybe that maybe i think they there there's they've made a bunch of announcements about the next yeah but i don't i don't remember right? what it is there's a new demon hunter oh, yeah new class a new hero class yeah. that they're adding uh and that's available to both factions yes yeah. but only elves you have to be a night elf or a blood elf to do it. But I mean, you just create a character that's yeah, that class. Sure. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Kareem Abdul Gum Jabbar says, <laughs> "Nice. If you were given the Bene Gesserit test of humanity, would you pass or would you get stabbed?" I forget what that is. Uh, they put your hand. They 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 hold the poison needle to your neck and they put your hand in a box yeah. and they just Incredible increase pain. the level of yeah. pain that you experience. And if you pull your hand out, they kill you. And if you don't, they don't. I think I could deal with it. I yeah. like I if you know won't. it's if I know it's coming, I have a pretty yeah, it's high coming. And you know I'd that have to, I'd have to practice. I need to like practice with my <laughs> stove. And you know that it doesn't. The it's just straight pain. It does. It's not actually causing any damage to you, which is meaningful. And do I mean, you, that's the point of the test, right? Is yeah. that do you, you really do, know you that? Know that. Do you but know it? You do, yeah. You it, because the test is whether your intellect can overcome oh, your instincts. Right. Then maybe, yeah. Wow. Yeah. If 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 you know all that going in, and I it's still I hard feel to, like, like I have a pretty decent tolerance for pain, so long as it's like slow build up pain and not sudden shock. Which but which the worst pain you've not, ever so. felt, like, yeah. and you're not gonna you're not gonna pull your hand out in that case. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know in advance that I could do that. I mean, it's, it's hard to say as a hypothetical, but I think I'd have a pretty good chance. I wonder if there's anyone alive who thinks that they would fail that test. Hmm. I probably would. Yeah. That's my guess. You just can't stop pulling your hands like, what, out of things? What was the... There's, like, a village in Kenya that has the, the like, a, the, the manhood test where you need to put your hand in a glove where they've sewed, sewed, sewn ants into it. And they bite you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They've sewn ants into it. Yeah, they they um they anesthetize the ants and then they literally like sew the ants into the fabric so that the ants like wake up and are really pissed that they can't move. Oh, hmm. weird. Yeah, this is like the village where all the the uh, top um runners come from. All the like the 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 Olympic winners for the uh, because they want to get the because, fuck away from this yeah. village. <laughs> well, also because they have incredible pain tolerance. Uh, I see. Huh. That's one of those things where like the the was it I don't remember if it was Malcolm Gladwell or Freakonomics. I don't remember which like pseudoscience 
bullshit it was, but it, the thing about the, the test that they came up with that was just a math test that went on forever and you, it would just like take this as long as you're willing to. And it was just a, a infinite series of simple arithmetic questions and the extent to which people stuck with it corresponded exactly to their math ability like in a Whoa. in like spookily because your ability to learn math corresponds exactly to your tolerance for just doing a repeated thing and actually yeah, sticking like how to long it. like how long it is before that part of your brain gets tired gets bored yeah. Yeah. yeah wow that that just makes me think of the marshmallow test it's familiar yeah. yeah for the for the listeners uh the marshmallow test is something they give to kids where the idea is they put them in a room. And this is like three-year-olds. Yeah, right? yeah, young children. Um, they put them in the room with a marshmallow, and they tell them, I'm going to come back in 20 minutes. If that marshmallow is still there, I give you two marshmallows. Um, and the success rate, the, the, success, the children who succeed at this test... Uh, it correlates pretty well with their success in, in, um, like the ability to graduate from college and yeah. make a lot of money and yeah, yeah. Just their willingness to put up with bullshit, basically. Just like an inherent, but no, their willingness to delay gratification. Like the, fair enough. Like yeah. their, their inherent ability to delay gratification because like that's really important no, in true. terms of actually achieving that's things true. in yeah. the world, right? It, what, what is troubling about that is that it like, you're already fucked by the time you're three, right. apparently. <laughs> Although that is not true. I absolutely did not have the ability, like the ability to delay gratification, and I had no patience. Oh, it's certainly at all something until like the last like ten years of my life. It's certainly something you can work on. Yeah. The last and, ten years. Yeah. So you don't. I was even also know thinking yet? that. <laughs> the previous ten years. The <laughs> most recent. Say last. If I say last year, oh, do you mean the last year of your life? What do you no, know that you we don't say Zach? of your life? <laughs> yeah, that that it was just the construction of it. That, that Fine. <laughs> if you guys had just been able to delay, <laughs> right? Have you played any video games? Speaking of gratis, gratisfaction, mm, I <laughs> great greatest faction. <laughs> I have almost entirely just been playing Bloodborne and the Bloodborne DLC. Um, I gave up on streaming it because I didn't have a mic that I could use for that purpose and felt really awkward not being able to reply to the people that were talking Doesn't to me in chat. PS4 come with a headset mic you can use for that? No, uh uh-uh. I mean some bundles may have done, but mine didn't. Okay, yeah. Um and and uh, and also just my first time through a game like that, I want to be able to really focus on on the game and having a side panel of chat talking at me was detrimental to that. But I right. ha- I have been saving recordings of all of my successful boss fights and posting those to YouTube so people can see those. Um, my account is Riff Connor, spelled with an E-R. I mean, they're not, like, instructive or anything because they're not, I'm not, like... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. They're, a pro they're more just Bloodborne. trophies, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they're just trophies, and 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 I'm saving them for myself as much as for anybody else, really. But if anybody wants to see for them, your grandchildren, yeah, exactly. I'm going to leave them. Uh, the, it'll be like it'll be a bundle. The the guy in my will that I leave that that 800 like tweet to, he'll also get my Bloodborne videos. 
Um, so you just think that instead of having a family, you're just going to leave all of your ephemeral internet fame to just some random guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like well, how, I mean, how like an archaeologist in the future. It may not be a randomly chosen it's, it's guy. Like how you can... It's just whoever it is that I eventually decide to. On your Twitch channel, you can host other channels. So, like, if people are watching you do a thing... Let's walk through your decision. All right. Let's uh, say, Riff, you can, yeah. that, that there's a Groupon for... <laughs> A, a, a will <laughs> right and so, so you're like okay now i'm doing it i'm pulling the trigger this is this is it i'm does, gonna write my will now does because if i write my will now of my <laughs> of my estate it, it, no, if i write my will now there will be more of an estate because i won't lose so much of it paying for this will because i'm getting such a deep <laughs> discount on a will walk us through your decision making process for who you leave all of your internet fame too oh, well, gee huh. in this will this is your twitter followers yeah can tricky. you just give I, you should be able to just give your twitter followers to somebody maybe uh maybe i would raffle it off to the people who had most recently uh liked me on twitter oh the the way you would do that is you would just set up a bot that automatically retweets everything someone says <laughs> well, well if you knew that if, if, if you, you knew, knew they, were they were doing, doing that ahead of yeah, time yeah yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I, now I guess they do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I also played uh, over the break while I was at while I was at my grandparents. I played a shitload of Pokemon Picross, uh, which it turns out is real good. Um, I, I think I, I need to issue a correction because if I remember correctly, uh, when I mentioned it on the show before I left, I said I thought it cost like 50 or 60 bucks to to pay to to basically remove all the all the monetization stuff from it and it's really it's actually 50 or 60,000 no, no it's actually like 30 bucks uh, okay and, and for a super well polished and fun picross game with more than 300 puzzles and possibly more than 600 depending on how you count puzzles i'm not i'm not sure <laughs> depending on whether you consider an upside down picross to be a new picross <laughs> well no see the thing is it has a second game mode that adds some more interesting rules to the usual Picross formula. So those are completely new puzzles, but they use the same pictures as the main regular Picross set. So I don't know if the people that counted the puzzles for whatever internet article I saw that said 300 puzzles, I don't know if they were counting the images or if they were counting the fact that each image is used in two puzzles. Does every image resolve in in a picture of a Pokemon? Of a Pokemon? Yes. It resolves yeah, fuck that. It is, I just don't care. You just don't like Pokemon. And that, I just don't care is the well, thing. Well, I mean, yeah. what what does does do, what Do you play the, Picross? Yeah, just like super into sailboats super, and that's yeah. why you like other Picrosses? No, but I'm I'm looking forward to being surprise and if every if i know that everything is gonna be a pokemon don't i just which don't pokemon it's gonna I, be yeah, it's but i don't like, it's not like it's not like pokemon as a as a as a media landscape is bereft of surprise maybe it's whooper it's sure uh, maybe it's found whooper yet and it's second pokemon crazy. whose name i know <laughs> pikachu you probably know pikachu <laughs> who uh, um, Gigazor, <laughs> Gigazor. <laughs> that's pro that sounds more like a Digimon. Modafinil, uh, 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 Frankenstein's monster. William. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, that's uh, it's it's really good. I feel like that's it's totally worth thirty bucks for a Picross game of that quality. Can you just buy it for thirty? I mean, you can't. The way right? it, like, no, the way it works is the uh, the Picarots or whatever the the jewels that you're paying for are when you buy a certain number of them when when you have bought a collective amount of them like 5000 or whatever the actual number is it says all right you bought enough now you can have infinite of them mm. huh. does it tell you that in advance cuz that's yes. a weird yes okay. it does so so riff mm-hmm. do you know how to leave the 3ds eShop <laughs> uh like last time i went in there i couldn't find the exit button and they for whatever reason disable the home button Jim is still in the TDS shop. <laughs> well, I, I just like took out the battery. Huh. <laughs> no, I, I I I powered it down. It, it allows you to do that. Uh, I, I just flush my know. I flush my 3DS down the toilet. Could you, you could you not just like back button out of it or something? Well, the the home button is normally what takes you like out of a program. I don't know. I don't have mine handy, so I can't actually try it. Yeah, listener, listeners, if you know. The answer to this, how do you leave a, th- there's probably a YouTube tutorial. <laughs> I, mean, I must have done it before. By, hosted by like a five-year-old. <laughs> like, I, I think this is new. Like, I remember being able to leave the eShop, you know, two years ago. And I think they recently patched it to, to disable the home button for whatever reason. Hmm. Yep, that is pretty much all that I've been playing except for playing games of oh no while i'm on the toilet is is that like a target practice game where you put it like no it's it's the it's the logic puzzle phone game it's, it's like oh hi or yeah. whatever oh is the sequel to oh hi oh hi what about you kevin uh i got a 3ds for christmas Yay. i got myself a 3ds for christmas and so i have been uh, i uh i played uh, some professor layton i guess and the Miracle Mask or something. Cool. I, the t- the title. Professor Layton and Miracle Max. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Crystal ruins <laughs> your 3DS. I'm not very far into it. I'm, I, uh, I, have, I think I have solved 16 puzzles or something so far. Um, there's a, a ridiculous, uh, ridiculously cute. Did you solve all six of them on your own or did you get help with some of the teen puzzles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, there's also like a ridiculously cute uh, rabbit training mini game. Oh in that, yeah, yeah. In that one, which is pretty great. Um, the um, I played the Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright game is really good too. I recommend. Yeah, I have like no affinity for Phoenix Wright, so I'm curious what that would be like coming from just one hmm. of their IPs. Did you ever play? Did you ever try playing any of the Phoenix nope. Wright games? I played a little bit of one of them at some point. So I feel like I at least understand why they're terrible. I, I mean, I can understand why what the appeal might be. I, it has never really grabbed me. It's just sort Objection. of a modern version of a point and click. I feel like, but it isn't like aren't you supposed to remember facts and put together a case or something? Or is just just well, not even feel like that? Uh, yes, but it's based on the evidence which you are collecting in your inventory, so you don't really have oh, to remember stuff very hard. Yeah. <laughs> eh, that's, that's that's less appealing yeah. than I was even imagining. Um, I bought some games today, but I've not played them. I like got linked to the past and 
Super Mario 3D Land and uh, the Lego movie, the game. Cool. Huh. What it, made you buy that? It, well, I had to round out my $100 Best Buy gift certificate. I see. <laughs> so that, that, that fit the niche. Uh, link to the past then, or, or the new one? The link to the link, oh, between, sorry, link between Worlds. Link Between Worlds is what yeah. I meant. Sorry, yeah. Um, I'm curious get, to see how you feel about that. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, Did you? Me too. Yeah. Uh, these are yeah. so the, my my mo has been to play one 3ds or one sorry one ds game every Christmas. So I might not play it until next until the end of this year. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, it's your it's your present to yourself. Yeah, kind of. It's like it's what I do when I'm when I'm like have a couple of days off. And I'm just doing holiday stuff and just hanging around. Um, played a bunch of board games. I played uh, a bunch of Machi Koro. I played some Heads Up, which is fun. As oh, yeah. That hell. is like a video game. I had never... I feel like that got popular three or four years ago. Yeah, probably. And I had never played it until the New Year's party. And the first night when all of you guys were playing it while I was cooking dinner, I thought... Man, I'm glad I'm that you're not involved dinner instead of playing this because yeah. it is just a bunch of people yelling, and I don't want to be participating in that. But then the next night, I played some of it. It's like an iPhone game where you there's a pick a category yeah. and then you hold your phone up to your forehead facing out, yeah, and it says like a clue, the name of a song Titanic or the name of a TV show or the yeah. name of a movie or whatever, and then people have to like yell at you to get you to figure out what it is, and then when they say yes, you tilt your phone down to indicate that you got it right, and if you pass, you tilt your phone up to skip it. Yep. And you have, like, a minute to get as many of them as you can. And the- It's, like, with one... It's it's a great game for two players, which is kind of awesome, right? Because there aren't that many games that I can just play with Melissa solo or whatever. Or as a pair. I did find that I did way better when I was playing, if I just looked at one person per it, it wasn't necessarily one person the whole time. It was one person per clue. Right. Right. You just like watch someone yeah. only listen to what they're saying yeah, because the, you're seeing their mouth move. Communication games. If, if it's, it's so much better if there's one person doing all the talking. Yep. A space team works out. Okay. With, Multiple people yelling over each but other. But the fun cool. of Space Team is the chaos of not knowing, like, because you don't, you're not, it's not like five people trying to talk to one people, it's one person, it's five people trying to talk to five people, because you don't know who has Did I, the did I already describe on this podcast the, the, the perfect strategy that I heard for Space Team players? No, what is the perfect strategy? It, so this is, it, it, it's kind of a, doing an end run around the game design uh the the principle is that uh you you don't get punished for making incorrect changes so really every so what you do is you just cycle through like you don't say anything okay you just cycle through all your like your the binary switches or the buttons you just push every one in turn and you can probably do that in like 10 seconds and then if you have something that requires um, shaking or whatever Everybody well, the, the, there's that, but you have to say that. But uh, if there's something that requires a change to a number, you don't say what the controller is. You just say the number. Okay. Because probably everybody just has one of those. Huh. And apparently, like, the, the the way this was described to me, this person had gotten to, like, level 14 or something insane using huh. this strategy with a four-person team, which sounds like 
Like that's a fun exercise, I guess, but like finding kinda, three other people who also like point. to yeah. like to optimize. Like yeah. optimization is fun per se, right? right. If you're that sort for of person. For some people, yeah. For some person. For some people, but like it's definitely it. not yeah. the same kind of fun that Space Team is. But I thought that was super I'm interesting. Always always done playing Space Team before the game ends. Oh, yeah. Like so I think the difficulty is tuned perfectly for me at least <laughs> like you never play a second game yeah sometimes but you know it's n- it gets less fun the more frantic it gets i think huh. do you feel the same way about space alert oh i just hate space alert oh huh another vlada chvatel game because i i quite like that game i've only played it once or twice it's a game where you set up a sequence of actions and then something happens that just completely ruins your sequence and not in an interesting or fun way. Right. Like there's no ability to recover from any mistake. It's that is just not true. It's most people just don't do it. You can leave gaps. Oh, and you right. Can, you can bump so, stuff back. Which will catch up. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's just that's that, like there is that's built into the game. Just people don't take advantage of it. Anyway, yeah, that's all you played was. I mean, I played I, I played a bunch of Firewatch and sort of trying to help them beta test it. Oh yeah, I guess I did that too. I played through Firewatch. It's good. It's people, really good. People are really gonna like it. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers. It's gonna be a critical darling. I hope so. They've they've done they've done a. A fantastic thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I played a bunch of little games, but nothing, nothing else that sort of jumps out at me. Besides yeah. the assignment, I played a game called Soda Dungeon. Oh yeah, Didn't which is a, you talk about? Yeah, which is a game that like. It's basically a clicker, but the developers didn't know that when they were making it. Hmm. Um, what, what does that mean? Uh, what that means is that, um, you let it run by itself for long periods of time, but like the app has to have focus while you're doing it. Um, it's a, okay. So it is a, um, procedural ish, like uh, th- that's giving it too much credit. It's a, it's a series of random JRPG style battles. Okay. Um, and you can, you know, manually control every character's action, but like in most JRPGs, the vast majority the majority of the battles are best handled just by doing the most obvious action at all times. And so there's a every, button. Every, that, every battle is just kind of a foregone conclusion. Right. And so there's just a automate this button and it'll, it'll the game will just play itself. Um, and you, one of the most effective strategies for playing this game is like, you can warp to later levels, like later battles in the sequence, and you're, you're doing this over and over again, like sending, you're putting together a party, you're sending them through these sequence of battles, and you can warp to later battles in the sequence if you want to, um, skip the early ones, but one of the most effective strategies is just to do all of them from the beginning. Um, you make a ton of money doing that, and it's also just incredibly boring, and so, uh-huh. like, you just, you set it running, and then you put your phone down, and you come back two hours later, um... And it's, it's entertaining enough. It's, uh, it's got 
like some design issues that clash with that mode of interaction with it. Like there are like two bosses in the game that require special actions that auto won't handle. And so like, if you're doing the strategy of like letting it run, you need to come back. Oh, is it at that boss? Okay. I'll, I'll take over here and manually do those actions for a while and then come back and then set it down again. Um, but yeah, overall it's, uh, and I wonder like if, if the developers will observe that this is the, like one of the ways that is fun to interact with this game and end up supporting it better later. But I wandered off from it pretty early. Yeah. It's like, I like the aesthetic of it. It's got nice pixel art. Sure. Like it's, you know, it's cute. But yeah, there's just no choices to make in the gameplay. Yeah, the the choices are like what you buy, and that's not very interesting. Yeah, like you can micromanage like your inventory. But yeah, you can, but there's no advantage to it, right? It, like it's very rarely you can spend ten times as much time on it for a ten percent yeah incremental increase yeah. in what you get out of it. Yeah, and the you know choosing what to buy is largely like. Things are priced like an old BBS door game where it's like, ah, oh, this, the, the, the weapon that does one damage is costs one, and the weapon that does two damage costs ten, and the weapon that does three damage costs a hundred, yeah. and then a thousand, and then ten thousand, and a hundred thousand. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. And I played, um, Muri, I think it's M U R I, which is a clone of the original Duke Nukem. Hmm. But like down to like it's it it's using actually I think it's using CGA colors. It's using like a really limited kind of ugly palette, and it's using like there's a mode for there's a mode for a higher frame rate, frame rate, but it, by default it uses the like 15 frames per second that Duke Nukem did, um, and the really chunky scrolling, huh. um, and it has the the same like PC speaker chirps kind of uh kind of sound effects and it was very like like playing this felt very much like what i remember duke nukem being which is just like here's the thing i can do with my fingers and it's kind of cool but i'm mostly just passing the time um and which is very appropriate uh so i don't know if i can actually recommend it unless you were specifically like fond of that that original game um, and this is a new clone? It's a new game. It's last year, maybe. Hmm. It was like three bucks on Steam. Uh, and I finished Soma, hmm. um, which is really good. I can't remember how much I talked about this last time, but um, it's... Uh, it's, it's, I th it's a horror game? It's a horror game. It's like... It's it's sci-fi, saying too much about what's happening. Like like it's ar arguably the like there's a significant twist in the first fifteen minutes. So like saying too much about the setting even is probably like arguably a spoiler. But like it has themes of um, uh, AI and consciousness and transferring consciousness between uh, vessels. Okay. Um, and some some means body, right? Like. I actually don't know the meaning of the title. Well, because like somatic means in inherent. That in the makes body. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I, I really liked it. I really liked the story. I really liked where they went with those themes. Um, very dark. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I remember like, I really liked Amnesia, their, their previous game. Um, but I can't remember a thing about the story from Amnesia. What I remember from Amnesia are the monsters, uh, okay. which were the, the, the mechanical, you know, the, the game mechanics of that game. And I think the monsters were kind of something that detracted from this game. Like they were trying to make the same sort of game, but it just got in the way of the storytelling, which was a lot stronger in this game. There was a patch released a- like today or yesterday that makes the monsters in Soma non, uh, non lethal. Like they can't hurt you at all. Oh, that I did not know about that. That would I should have waited. <laughs> I should have waited to finish Soma. Um, not, did I say patch? I meant like mod. Oh, okay. Well, that's that. I actually probably would have expected to find if I had searched for it. Um, yeah. The the. Did you guys play the Swapper? Yeah, a little not, bit. Not yet. I've got it. Yeah, I, know. I I think I bought it in the most recent Steam sale. The swap that also talks about like body and transference. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a the prestige right deal, right? Oh, uh, I was gonna talk about that movie without saying what movie it was, so I wouldn't spoil it. Oh, <laughs> um, oh shit! Now oh, I can't. Okay. <laughs> um, the swap. I, I don't think you. I don't think mentioning that with it. I think it would still be a surprise. Okay. Yeah. Um, the swapper deals with similar themes of um, transferring consciousnesses between bodies. And the Swapper actually, like, appears... Like, at least one of the characters is making this case. And I think the game is making the case that the, the, the eponymous Swapper, the device that transfers the user's consciousness into the body you're pointing it at, um, doesn't actually do anything. That it just... Um, that it just kind of, like scramble like like thematically it's supposed to scramble your brain so you're confused or something and presumably that's that's what happens um the idea that um you know from a from a physicalist standpoint the idea that you can transfer the consciousness that you are into another host um is actually kind of ridiculous. Like it, it kind of privileges the idea that of the, of the soul that exists outside of the body, outside of physics. Um, yeah. I mean, I could imagine like, you know, you replace one of your neurons with a, a wire. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely the, still you. The so more you just that, do that one at right. a time until they're all wires. Right. Right. And right. then you're in a robot. Right. right? The more right. transfer is what that's called. Like, yeah. Um, but that's not what's happening here. Like what's, yeah. what's happening here is you, it's a point and shoot thing. Um, and one of the, the, the characters are arguing that like this machine isn't actually doing anything. And like in, in the case of the swapper, what you're doing is that you have a device that can make clones of yourself. And then there's a device that like transfers your consciousness to the clones. Um, and every one of them, all but they, like they all act identically based on your inputs. Um, and I really liked that. I really liked the, the idea that the, the swapping mechanic itself is like not actually doing anything except 
in the gameplay it is like only like the collectible items can only be collected by the uh the body the that is active one. yeah and yeah. The, and the, and the you lose if the active one gets killed by a fall or a hazard right right like, and so like even though i feel like they were pushing for one idea like in the thematically they really undercut that with the uh with the gameplay swapper's a game that i would have been really interested in experiencing all of the story and all of the things that that game had to say based on its mechanics except that it had the sort of mushroom 11 problem of like you know it didn't need to be this hard the the (laughs) very clever puzzles that you made could have just been bonus content you could have just let me have the sort of narrative experience without and it was hard in a it was hard in the in the way that like if they had decided to make trine hard they could have where it's like, well, is this hard because I'm not figuring it out? Or is it hard because I'm not like getting the twitchy physics, right? Right. You know, it's like not, it's like little big planet jumping instead of Mario jumping where it's like, ah, well, right. I don't know whose fault. I don't know whose fault it is that I missed that jump. Right. That was how I felt about the swapper. Like, things seem like they might work if you got the timing exactly right. And so you can never trust the game's feedback about whether you're on the right track or not. Yeah. Or maybe you can. And I was just bad at it. That's a, that's a bummer. That's a, that was a problem I had with, for example, um, psychonauts where like the, the, those levels were designed such, such that, you would miss a jump by inches and not be sure if you were supposed to make it or not. Yeah. And I got a, a PlayStation four for Christmas. Oh, wow. So I'll probably be playing uh fallout soon. Yay. Nice. And bloodborne play you some bloodborne. Yeah, definitely. That that's going to wait. Bloodborne's going to wait. I still haven't finished dark souls. Play some firewatch is I could do that right now you instead could, of recording yeah. this podcast. You could, you could go and see. Yeah. You could uh, play the witness. Yeah. I'm. That's that's the end of January, right? It's coming up. What do you think? I kind of want to buy it when it comes out and play it. Yeah, me too. Which is yeah. unusual for me. I'm why, not, would, why, I'm, why is that unusual? I don't know. I never buy games when they come out and mm. play them. I wait <laughs> for a year or two. Hmm. I've been following so. their design blogs, and I'm I'm super into it. I'm ready. Yeah, the 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 thing that worries me most about that game is uh, how long Jonathan Blow says it is. Like, well, it, as somebody who knows how to solve all the puzzles, it takes him what six or eight hours. Well, no, he was he's saying like this is like an eighty-hour game, oh, which I am not up for. Like. Well, that means it's probably like a 200-hour game for me, so I'm never going to finish it. <laughs> right. You don't Damn, have to play wow. it. All I'm so much. I'm so much less interested in that. Now. But he can beat it. He can beat it in like six hours. Like it. It, it might be like so. that. Much of that 80 hours is optional content. I, yeah, I think yeah, that's probably I think true. That's probably true. Yeah. Well, I got a Wii U for Christmas. Yeah, tell us about that. Super Mario Maker. I played it for like a couple hours. <clears throat> mostly what I was doing was dealing like going in and out of the menus and changing the time so that I could unlock all of the 
level oh, yeah. building elements because <clears throat> that's designed to take nine days or whatever. Right. That's just, I just Googled how to do it. And it, was, it wants to force you to, to the, thoroughly the cheat code is to set the clock forward nine times. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to, you have to set the clock forward, but you can't just, what I did was I set the clock forward like a month, but then that didn't work because you, yeah, you have to actually, you have play to actually it. do it yeah. and spend at least X number of minutes messing around and then place at least X number of objects in the environment. So they were like, yeah, just drag the stylus around placing blocks, just place normal blocks just bricks, 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 bricks. Just, just scribble, 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 scribble. Put bricks on the screen, and then suddenly it'll the truck will show up and bring you your new parts, or it'll honk at you and say, "We'll be back tomorrow with some new parts." And then, then you go change the clock, and then you go back in. It was annoying, but it's done. Your mom, your mom watched you play. Yeah, that's true. I did a bunch of the just like uh, the Nintendo made like ten Mario challenges where it's just like a bunch of levels where it's like check out some cool stuff that this game can do, and it yeah. was just really nice. Mm-hmm. The thing that is the most interesting to me about it is the the fact that, and this has come up on a bunch of other podcasts, but they have backported all yeah. of the like you can do a ghost house level in Super Mario Brothers One no. sprites. Even though there weren't ghost houses they in just that game, drew tiles there's for, just yeah. they just drew eight bit sprites. That's cool for yeah. all the stuff for you know for thwomps and for like I don't know if there's a Yoshi. I don't think that they don't think there is. There was. I mean, I don't think there was ever a Yoshi in a platformer in this in the NES. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm, but I'm saying like there's a bunch of stuff in this that didn't exist in the yeah, NES for days. Sure. But I and I I don't recall whether they backported the Yoshi or not. I don't recall ever learning that I could put a Yoshi in a level. I hate Yoshi. <laughs> I bet you can put Yoshi in there and kill him over and over. I bet you can, but I like every time in Super Mario World that I got on a Yoshi, I was like, I wish I was not on this Yoshi. You could just make a Yoshi generating and killing machine. You could make a Yoshi avatar. Whoa. Or a Yoshi boudoir. (laughs) Yoshi oubliette. The, Mm. um, on AGDQ currently in progress, uh, shortly, uh, before we started, uh, uh, before we started recording this episode, they did the, a Mario maker segment with two teams of guys doing blind uh, a blind relay race through a series of eight Mario Maker levels that a different set of guys had made specifically for hmm. the event and they were they were some super crazy levels they were really interesting it has gone the way that i feared it would go which is that the most the stuff that is getting the most interest in Super Mario Maker is the stuff that is just the like crazy hardest. Yeah, like the super there are, stuff. There, yeah. There's not like a middle ground of like this level is interesting and kind of challenging and therefore it's getting some attention. Yeah, that's, that's just not what the internet That's wants. really a shame. Like that that was the case for mods for uh, when you, ROM hacks. ROM for, hacks, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it was either that or the autoplay auto levels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played, uh, there's, there's this game that I, that I found on Congregate called Reactor Idol, which is, hmm. I don't know if it's the same guy that made Reactor Incremental, uh, which is the guy that, uh, Zach Braff Barth. hired, Zach Barth hired, um, for, at Zachtronics. But it is just a, 
it's a lot like reactor incremental in that you're like you have certain things that produce heat and then certain things that convert heat into power and everything explodes if it gets too hot so it's like a lot of like figuring out how to use a limited amount of space with these little systemy things and then getting it into a stable configuration and then quit playing for a month and then come back and you've got a lot of or you can set the of, clock forward a month. Got a lot of shit sign saved up. Yeah, you could set the clock forward a month. But but I mean, this is like this is my real computer, you know, that I use for real computer things. You're playing games at work again, Zach? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know. Well, you, you, you sometimes you need a little Hearthstone break in the middle of your uh, <laughs> sure. Right, playing a lot of Hearthstone, but that's not interesting to talk about anymore. Played a game, uh, a new. This was interesting at before. We recorded, I was trying to identify the name of a game that we played a couple of years ago because this game that I've been playing on my phone reminded me of it. And then you pointed out that it was made, made by, by, the, by same the same guy. Uh, Aaron Steed. Aaron Steed, who has, has made a game with Nitro May called Rust, Rust Bucket, Bucket yeah. which is a very, very simple, very systemsy turn-based puzzle game where... It's It's got, like, roguelike movement rules in the sense that enemies only move when you do. You know what it is actually very much like is it's very much like Crypt of the Necrodancer, except oh, huh. it's like the non... Because there's, like, the, the most basic enemy is an enemy that moves every other turn and just moves toward you every right. other turn. So they are just... They're they're pretty trivial to, to beat. And then there's one that, like, moves every round, but turning counts as a move... So you have to like get on its side so that it will turn towards you and then you can, and then you can kill it. And you have one hit point. There's like environmental hazards that every three turns get a fire jet shooting out of them or whatever. And it's the, the game that I was trying to identify was ending, which is a terrible name for a game. It makes it impossible to Google. Sure. What I did was I Google image searched abstract roguelike. The way that I found out what it was called was by, by doing a Google image for abstract roguelike, finding the screenshot of it in that grid of images and clicking on it. I'm like, wow, all right, that that did the trick. Was Portalusis in that? Thanks, Obama. Uh, I don't know. See, P- Portalusis from a screenshot looks like Brogue, looks like okay. any number That's of other true. things. Like, it is not... That is actually a really interesting thing about Portalusis. The way that it differentiates itself is entirely... Thematic. Narrative. There's a little bit of mechanical... Yeah, yeah mechanical, on. but but the... yeah. But it's it's so tied to the to the narrative. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't really change the way it looks, yeah. right? When you when you do that sort of mechanical toggle, I don't remember. I, I mean, the- that was one of the Tiny Spec guys, right? Like, didn't the guy that made Portalusis work at Tiny Spec at the time? <sighs> I don't remember. It I was one so. of the people that got laid off in the glitch culling, and I don't know. It's a lawyer now. He's a lawyer now. Yeah, okay, it's not. I mean, it's like. As far as I know, yeah. He was probably a lawyer before. It's not like... I don't know. I think he went to law school. After... Yeah. After being laid off. Yeah. Huh. I think so. That was fast. I don't know. I, Either I, that or we're just old. And <laughs> when we played Portalusis was a really long time ago. It was. It was like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. I guess you can go to law school in three or four years. Yep. I guess everybody does. It's not like, oh, I'm in community law school. <laughs> so I'm just going to fuck around for six years and still not be a lawyer it's it's entirely possible to have all the details of his life wrong so who knows he's actually he just thinks he's a lawyer he takes yep. these pills exactly makes him think he's a lawyer did you ever play portalusis jim no there 
there was one. It came out of the same like. seven day roguelike that eight six eight five six five two seven and Bump yep. came out of. Bump was another game by Aaron Steed who made ending maybe for oh, the same seven yeah, day roguelike you guys or maybe told the, me about Bump and I played it and it was great. Yeah. There and there was also Road Like, yeah. which was a pretty good roguelike. That one year's seven day roguelike was Phenomenal. just had an astonishing haul of amazing games in it. Yeah. Out was, of nowhere. Was that also the Hoplite year? No, that, that was next year. Was Hoplite a seven day roguelike? Originally, yeah. Huh. I think it was that was a year or two later. And there was okay. Lamp and Vamp was Lamp and Vamp was post Hoplite. Like La- Lamp was and Vamp Yeah, Lamp and Vamp was I think that was a game that came out after Hoplite had already come out for It came out commercially before Hop after Hoplite, but I thought it I thought it was I mean I guess it could have been a weird simultaneous discovery of the mechanics kind of thing. Yeah, I don't remember. Everybody who oh, that's another game that you should play on iOS if you haven't played it is Hoplite. Oh yeah, sure. That's on Mike's list, right? I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Yes. While I go to the bathroom. Oh come on. <laughs> I mean, I do have to go to the bathroom. It's not. It's not just that I don't want to talk about Don't Starve. Yeah, start without me. I'll okay. So our assignment uh, was Don't Starve together, which we uh, we only played together for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played probably. 30 hours of it over the break man so i i played the half hour we played together and before that i played for like another half hour or 45 minutes to yeah to learn i played for half an hour in advance afterwards and it, you know gathered some mushrooms yeah, picked some flowers uh-huh i ate something yep. i forget what i died a couple times <laughs> I think I died yeah starved. yeah it was you know actually I think I never starved so I consider that yeah a win. I was I was I was violently killed when I was killed it was I was killed by one of the creatures of the night yep. this, this is uh like there's a, the whole survival genre now mm-hmm. did don't starve come out like at the beginning of that trend? It's been a couple of years. Depends on when the beginning of that trend is. Like, is Minecraft? Yeah, yeah the, Minecraft is definitely what kicked it off. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how like does Daisy count as a survival game? Definitely, oh, yeah. yeah. That was that was arguably what kicked it off instead of Minecraft. Okay. Like that was the uh, that was the one that that was much more about the survivalist aspect of yeah. that came out of Minecraft. The the one where it turned out the thing you were trying to survive was the other players because the zombies turned out to not be that big a deal. Right. right yeah. Everyone else, every other human player was a total bastard. You can, right. I, we didn't, I, we didn't do this, but you can play don't starve competitively or play PvP, PvP. And that sounds yeah. insane uh, to me because it's already pretty hard to, to like, to, Get a stable situation going where you can. I, I did live. not engage in any combat. Like presumably, you can hit things with one, yeah. one of your yeah. axes or whatever. I, yeah, I tried you that can make specific bit, weapons. It never, almost never turned out well. <laughs> right. You you want to get armor. You want there's like different enemies have different attack schemes. So like you can basically always kill a regular spider without getting a hit. Uh, you can kill bees in one hit. You can. There's also ranged weapons that you can make. Um, I don't like. I made a boomerang a couple times, and that 
it always injured me when it came back, and so I don't. <laughs> Great. I don't know if there was something I was doing wrong there. You need um, to also make the boomerang glove. Well, right, exactly. Maybe you do, and I just didn't know about it or know of its existence. Or you just need to have really good headwear when you're using boomerangs. <laughs> sure. How do people deal with boomerangs in real life? I have no idea. I don't like either. They're not moving super like, fast by the time they come back to you. And I also don't think, like, I've never, do like, people actually really hunt with them. I don't know. I, I, I can't, really, like, so it's just, just really unlikely. It certainly doesn't come back to right. you after it hits something. Right. I, I mean, I guess maybe that's the thing. It comes back to you if you miss. Right. Yeah. I had a boomerang when I was a kid, and I don't think I ever successfully got it to come back to me. That said, there was a time when, with a Jack in the Box kids meal, you could get like a Nerf boomerang, one of those little tri, like, oh, yeah, those are much propeller, more a propeller, and those worked perfectly. Yeah, those like, are much more effective. Just sort of figured out a way in our office where you could throw it and it would fly all the way around the office and come back to you, and like got real good at it instead of working. <laughs> so it's definitely it's possible skill. to use a boomerang. Uh, so I, I enjoy on a very sort of visceral level, the collection of resources. Sure. Yeah. And that I think is one of the ways that, you know, to, to make. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, and like moving, me of Minecraft, and moving like, up a tech tree is cool. Yep. Exactly. And, and like I, establishing I, a base of. Yeah. Sorts. And I didn't, I didn't wall. play this very much enough to like really experience this, but I could see like, oh yeah, I want to be able to make that recipe and like, here's what I need to do to make it happen. And. I could see that being like fun that would happen in the future. Yeah. yeah. Once and, once you had like an awareness of where all that stuff comes from. Cuz like for right. for me like I'd go down the recipes and go, "Well, that sounds cool, but it requires three things I've never seen." Right. So. Like flint. <laughs> <laughs> I my I I have to imagine that some of my negative feelings about don't starve come from the fact that the very first time i played don't starve i just spawned on a map with no flint anywhere hmm. and so just couldn't even make the most basic couldn't things. get a foothold and yeah. you know i guess it's possible for that to happen in minecraft you I, can I, always punch a tree though like you always can get you always can get wood and you can always find stone. I mean, it's not like I guess there could be a seed that just puts you in an infinite desert and then you, you know. Oh yeah, huh? But but not really, right? Like it's just not going to happen. Sure. If Minecraft had permadeath, no one would know about Minecraft now. That when you die, all of your stuff drops, right? But the world is still there. Okay, that's true. So the so the single player and your anything that you've built is, is still there and is really punishing. Uh, don't starve together. At least in this sort of very friendly cooperative mode that I set the game up is actually way more forgiving of that. There's the only penalty for dying is that your maximum health goes down a little bit, which and that can be recovered by making some particular substances in the game. Um, and there's also this feature, which is probably not meant for this kind of thing, but you can just roll back a day or three or four days or whatever. They have like five days of history that you can go back to. So if something really horrible happens, like your whole camp burns down, which happened to Melissa and me a couple of times, you can just roll back a day and just prevent that from happening, hmm. um, which is actually really nice. Is um, it is it an interesting game if you have easy respawns and tricks like that? 
so if you are not reading the wiki, okay, which I have, which I have largely not done, there is just this continual sense of exploration and discovery as you figure out how to do things, okay. and that sustains you for quite a while. The single player game has some sort of weird end game, I think, that I've never participated in, which is some sort of challenge mode that you can opt into um, to, I think, end the game. Um, which I think is sort of like going to the end and killing the Ender Dragon kind of thing. Like you need to prepare a bunch of stuff so that you can go there and do it successfully. And I think there's a similar thing. I don't know if Don't Starve Together has that, um, has that implemented yet because it's still in early access. Um, or if they will, or if they'll do something else. It's so slow. It's not hard to begin with. It's just tedious, right? It's as hard as you want it to be. I mean, like I was, I set us up in a very friendly world so that we would have time to establish ourselves. Cause it's, if you let it play on the normal settings, it becomes winter pretty quick. So you have, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do before you die from exposure to cold. Right. Um, and then in winter, it's harder to find food and like crops don't grow and that kind of thing. Like the environment is relatively punishing in the game. And then they also start throwing sort of squads of aggressive animals at you in an ever increasing number and frequency. And it, but you're right. It does start, it, it does start off relatively slow. There's, there's not a lot to it. You kind of just need to find enough food to survive and you can kind of, you could just wander around eating berries for a long time and not doing anything if that's what you wanted to do um but you have to be like you have some very immediate goals and it does not feel like you have a lot of time once you know that winter is coming and and so punishing like you feel like okay i've got to get like a science machine i've got to get like a bunch of wood stored up for the future i've got to um find a bunch of spiders and kill them so i can get you know spider silk so i can build a whole set of other things i need to you know i need to make warm clothes for the winter and that kind of do you know what i mean like when you know what the goals are it it doesn't it no longer feels like you have this sort of luxurious sort of nothing's going on period of time Mm. which may be a failing of the game like maybe maybe not realizing that in advance is bad it's clearly a thing that works for a lot of people yeah and i and i wonder if i wonder if like a, a sort of very casual entrance is fun while you get to just sort of like gather stuff and then you have your first death at the hands of something. So then, you know, to prepare for that. So you build some armor, you build a weapon or whatever. And then you, you, you know, you starve because it's winter and you, so you have to, you learn that you have to like make some, a stockpile of food or whatever. how much time passes between the start of the game and winter, like real time. Well, I don't know for sure. I think if you don't change any settings, autumn is probably 10 days long and the days are probably five minutes each. So maybe an hour till winter. That's just too long, right? Like that's too long in a game with permadeath for like, but it's again, it's in, in the, in don't start together. It's not permadeath. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's, that was kind of what I was hoping for was like, it, it had, it gets rid of the thing that is the most sort of off putting about don't starve which is that you can recover from that either by having a a more friendly mode where you can just sort of resurrect yourself or by 
So it's don't starve, but if you do, it's fine. <laughs> well, so no, don't starve together. It like in, in the, without changing anything, uh, if you die, you become a ghost, which starts draining the sanity of all the other players at an advanced rate. And the more people who are ghosts, the more that happens. Um, and to bring somebody back, you have to like make, you have to craft an item, which is not trivial to do early on, but is not hard. Um, and then they, when they come back, they stop draining sanity, they, they stop being a ghost, and they have that reduced health um, penalty. Um, and if everybody dies at the same time, then the game ends, and then that world is shut down, right? So that is that is a way in which the sort of base rules continue, um, but you can sort of pull each other out of that. That's kind of multiplayer spelunky. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Exactly. I was actually thinking about Jamestown. I've still not played Jamestown. I have oh, still not played Jamestown. Yeah, uh, the one of Jamestown's innovations was like the it's stemming from the realization that when you're playing co-op in a like a bullet hell a right? bullet hell game, um, a bad player just drags a good player down. Right, and that was something they wanted to avoid. They wanted like the people who are less good to not feel bad about hurting the team. And for people who were good to not like get angry at the bad, pl- like, so what they did was they set up a system where you only lose a credit if everybody is dead at the same time. Huh. Um, and there's a uh, timed respawns and there's also respawn pickups where like you can, you can trigger a respawn, um, for a player who's dead. So like you who are still alive can trigger a respawn for yes, a player. Who's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a really well-designed system. Do that, you get to do something while you're dead? Uh, no, no, but but it, it's never boring because you're never dead for very long. And also, like the moments, the most exciting moments in that game was when like there's just one person left alive because everybody's cheering like "Stay alive!" Yeah, stay alive. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've never played any multiplayer Spelunky because I've never played Spelunky on anything other than the PC. <laughs> Oh, is but, it, uh, does it not have multiplayer? No, you can, but it's like I play with a keyboard, so somebody I else guess could, not, could play with a controller. You could right? maybe play, maybe that's a thing that you can do. I don't know, actually. Okay. If there is a controller plugged in, I don't think you can play Spelunky with the keyboard. Hmm. Weird. Like on the start screen, it's like you press X on the controller if you want to play. I, I might be wrong about that, but I I do seem to remember having to unplug. Did you try pressing X on the keyboard? <laughs> I did not. Okay. It was like the green X in a circle. I don't you have, have to that. paint the X green first. Oh, I just borrow some nail, some green nail polish from somebody, yeah. like Lady Swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate about, appreciate about Don't Start Together is that the they populate the world with enough sort of rare things that even after you've been playing for 20 or 30 hours, you still encounter something that you haven't encountered before, like a giant spider. You're like, what the fuck is this? Where did yep. this come from? How do you deal with this? And then in the base game, I would get super freaked out about that and just avoid it because I like if I had made a bunch of progress. Yeah, yeah. You just you don't want to lose your 20 hours. of Right. In this game, it was a lot less stressful. You know, you could like experiment with stuff uh, and that was actually more fun. Um, yeah. And it, I feel like because it's in constant development, they keep adding things like that, which is neat. Yeah. That, that actually, like, I remember playing, um, Adam. Yeah. One of the, uh, text by, by text Thomas, grid. Thomas Biscop. Biscop. Yeah. Ancient oh. domains of mystery. 
Episcoop, however you pronounce that. Yeah, yeah, that, that when it was under active development, and there were quests, quest lines that none of the player base knew for sure whether the quest line wasn't finished yet or whether they just didn't figure out how to hadn't figured out how to finish it. Right. Um, and because it was one of the only roguelikes that's actually closed source, they couldn't just look at the source code and find out like games that are in active development, like that definitely are capable of a lot more, like in terms of, uh, of the player, like anticipating a surprise. Adam did an Indiegogo or a kick. I think it was an Indiegogo, not a Kickstarter like five years ago. Yeah. And it has been, they made like. 60 or 70,000 euros, I think. Yeah. And somehow have continued to have multiple people working on it actively for like five years. It, you can buy it on Steam now. You can, oh, really? You can buy Ancient Domains of Mystery on Steam. Like That's awesome. The Kickstarter, the, I, th- I, I don't think it was a Kickstarter. I think it was an Indiegogo, but it was to get Adam to 1.0. And it oh. was like 20 years old at the time. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, Hmm. Is so? Is it now at one point two? You know, whatever? I don't know. I backed it because yeah. I was like, "Oh, I played this game twenty years ago, and I'm right. like, uh, th- this guy seemed like a cool guy." Like the little nag screen was like, you know, if you like this, send me a postcard. <laughs> like that was that was the, the his shareware model was right. like, eh, I'm just making this thing and sharing it with you. I don't think I know That's what Adam is. A D O M Ancient Domains of Mystery. It's just a roguelike it's a classical roguelike yeah it's like a it's like an ascii characters but it has it has some like it has some characters in it it has quests it has an overworld yeah it has an overworld map it it, it is they're not great quests <laughs> there aren't very many of them and they are often like the starter quest is one that you will very often not survive yep uh it's super super roguelikey in the sense of being like a punishing ascii game with procedurally generated dungeons that, and just brutal unconsidered difficulty yeah like difficulty that was not chosen by a designer difficulty that falls out of a generation algorithm that no one had any control over (laughs) right well except the person who wrote the generation algorithm but like you know what i mean it's very pretty uh as i recall compared to NetHack, for instance, like it was, it certainly used the colors more. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like a more accessible modern version of NetHack when I played it in the mid nineties. Yeah. This is made by a nice German guy and a few other guys. The scoop. I wrote him a postcard, but I never mailed it. That's the thought that counts. Is it? I no, you know what? Then twenty years later, I gave him like a hundred bucks. So, <laughs> yeah, like does, buy your own postcard. The interest? For th- oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the marginal returns are on a postcard <laughs> from the nineties. Maybe postcards are just currency in it Germany. Did have a weird upside down stamp on it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's our next assignment? Oh, uh, we were going to play Pony Island. I know literally nothing about this yeah, game no, except that John neither. Walker was talking a lot about it on Twitter today, saying he's sad that he doesn't think it's going to get the 
sort of critical mass of people talking about it to let the world know how amazing it is. Well, we're going to, we're going to yeah. do it. What, what I know about this, this game is that multiple people have asked me if I was involved. So we know what kind of game of it. it is. So yeah, that's enough for me to play it. Is that how people ask if, if the game is Frog Fractions 2, if they don't want to ask if it's Frog Fractions 2? Like, um, so I, did you have anything to do with this? Y- yeah, it's, it's, it kind of puts me off guard. Like, if someone phrases it like, is this Frog Fractions 2? Then I, I have to like, like put up, put on my like, if I have to be in character when I answer. Right. But if someone asks me if I was involved, I'll just like give it off the, like, yeah, I'll just say yes or no. Uh oh. So I gotta, Danger. I gotta work on that. Yeah. You could say, well, really, we're all involved in every game. <laughs> that's, that's true. We're all God's children. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters made this game. We all smell the same in the dark. What? That's not true. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna In space, no I'm gonna one can agree smell you. Disagree. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you smell. Yeah. Man, remember the best joke in all of Kingdom of Loathing about astronaut ice cream. In space, no one can hear. We all scream for this. <laughs> mm. I don't remember that. That's pretty good. I don't remember who wrote it. That seems like maybe a Josh. It's hard to know. If somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for the listener's mail segment that we did an hour and a half ago. Yeah. They would just go to videogameshotdog.com and hope we ever publish another episode. Jesus Christ. Guys, I I don't even know where the ball is anymore. I'm so not on it. <laughs> I'm hoping tomorrow I'll find the ball by so that the, I can get back on it. By the time they hear this, you just published two episodes. Oh, I so will. So, yeah, it'll seem like, oh, boy, he's really kicking ass today. Right. Like, no. Uh. Don't, don't stress about it. Just Let's just get back on our ball horse. Yeah. <laughs> pony now, evidently. On our pony. Yeah, let's get back on our... Get back on those pony balls. Yep. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Is that it? That's <laughs> oh, we don't do the sign I off now. Right? I haven't had fun. I've had fun. Yeah, I, I've. This has been great. S- stick your dick in the freezer. We need to <laughs> put dick in the Jim. Come on, freezer would not be on that list. Come on, Jim. Dick would not be on that list, and you know that. You yeah, know, I know. You know me well. I know this know about you. That, or if it was, it would come up at like half a percent chance. Wagstaff. Keep your <laughs> Wagstaff in the freezer. Uh, uh, guys, we, we got a <laughs> new sign-off yep. for 2016. Okay. Jim, come up with the new sign-off <laughs> Stick for your dick in the freezer. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, it, 2016 is not like the I year mean, of crassness. It's, it's, it's like, kind of funny because it's kind of like... The beginning oh, the, is the, a hot dog. The, joke, the ending is the cold dog. Hot the, dog the is joke not is... a dick joke. <laughs> it was never a dick oh, joke. After video games taco, it became one. Uh, that I, that was something I really appreciated about that name choice. Was it, it ruined not only their own podcast name but also retroactively yep. this one? It's perfect. It's perfect. All uh, right. So new for 2016. Video games hot dog is canceled. Okay. Oh, it's time for the the joke is that you wouldn't make that joke. Ha ha. Hilarious.
Uh, no, don't stick your dick in the freezer. So maybe that's our sign off. Don't, don't, don't stick, stick your dick in the freezer. freezer. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, stick it would your be dick crass. in the freezer together. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were, uh, you were swearing off your procedural sign-offs for 2016. Oh, I didn't realize it until just now. I just feel like turning over a new leaf. Okay. All right. Well... Uh, everybody. Good night, everybody, Just and turn over. Read a keep, random like. Keep hanging in there. <laughs> pick a random Twitter bot and read one of its tweets. I think that's that's a that's a promising avenue. Or get Chinese <laughs> food every week and read out the fortune cookie. Yes. Okay. All right, everybody. You know, we could just go. We could just go to Your the lucky fortune. numbers are. <laughs> we could just go to the fortune cookie factory in Chinatown right. and just get a bag of. Say, give us fortunes. A bag of three hundred and sixty-five fortune cookies, <laughs> and then open one every episode for seven Five years and change years. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be very good, though. The cookies oh, after five years, yeah, they'll be stale. You know, you can just get fortune cookie like wafers that haven't been folded. That's true. If you go to the fortune cookie factory, mm. and it's like. You know, that stuff is really good. Mm. I really like the substance that fortune cookies are made of. Yeah. It's just like eating, like, just sugary paper. <laughs> <It's>, that's <laughs> true. It's great. Have you ever tried making it at home by putting sugar on paper? Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing that I like about eating uh, eating coconut is that it just kind of, like, tastes like wood. <laughs> I could just eat wood. That'd be cheaper. You, you, It'd be a little could. bit cheaper than coconut. Okay. It's pretty easy to come by. Yeah, you can just chew on your just punch a tree, chew on the walls, yeah, you, or that. There's a, there's a bunch of paint between you and the the wood pulp of a yeah, but that's delicious wall. too. That's sauce, yeah, that's a condiment. All right, good night, everyone. This is the worst sign off we've ever had. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we longest. have to do this exact thing every single time. All right, everybody, go read a fortune cookie. Good night. I'm waving. Your fortune. I'm just going to record the. I'm going to. I'm going to record this, guys. <laughs> I'm going to cut out the last ten minutes of this episode and, and then just, just paste put it on that the, the end, end of, every, of episode. every episode. Excellent. In 2016. Oh, that okay. sounds like a terrible idea. Okay. All right. I think this is it. We don't know for sure. Yep. It could end at any time. There's no appliances. Kakaboo balaya. Done. Good night. <laughs> I think, I think we've done it, guys. I think the show is over now. All right, let's, let's go get some food. <laughs>